Good morning, everyone. On yet another snowy Friday morning in New York City, this is your host, Michael Dolce of Secrets of the Sire. As always, I've got my trusty engineer, Sam, by my side. And Sam, what is it about Fridays in New York City, right before my radio show, where we get snow? Uh, it's Mother Nature. She's, uh, she's either a really big fan or she's not. I think that's really what it comes down to. She's, she's either got it in for me or she just wants to add an extra challenge. We have, we have just a jam-packed show. We have a jam-packed show. I want to welcome all my Periscope peeps, Marcel766, asking how we're doing. We are doing great. We are live in New York City. This is on TalkingAlternative.com. It's a weekly pop culture hour, comics, movies, TV, film, Pop culture in general, just good stuff. Man, we have got such a good show. We've got such a good show today. I mean, we, so for a couple of weeks, we've uh, we've been going a little solo, and then I said, you know what, I think people would like to hear more than just me, so we've got the folks from Bad Coyote Funky coming in. Uh, we've got uh, Greg and Sergio. We're going to be doing a jam-packed two-part podcast slash radio show with them at the end of this month. It's going to be all about Superman, Batman, and it's going to tackle the topic of comic book movie trailers. Do they give away too much? Yes, they do, but we'll get into it with them. Um, however, they're going to be joining me a little later on in the show, and uh, we're going to be doing that. A little house cleaning, house cleaning before we continue. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash secrets of the sire, S-I-R-E. Join the conversation. We're going to be talking about the creative economy. We're going to be introducing our March Madness franchise Final Four. We're going to be doing a lot of fun stuff here. So join us, 877-480-4120. Go to secretsofthesire.com. You can uh, catch us on Twitter and Periscope and younow.com. Just Google my name or type in my name. It's at Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L underscore Dolce, D-O-L-C, as in cat, E. Um, Instagram, we're also on Instagram. Check out some cool artwork that I do, uh, mdolce64. And speaking of artwork, uh, the basis for this show is that I'm an industry insider. I've been doing comics for the past 15 years. Been published by Image, by Zenoscope. Um, been self-published, um, After Hours Press as well. You can check out all of my stuff on mikebooks.com. M-I-K-E, books.com. The basis for the superhero is the sire, a superhero forced by his own costume to fight evil, kind of like having a spider sense, but instead of warning him of danger, it actually puts him in danger. Plus, we've got some new uh, projects as well. The Undone, which is a uh, Groundhog's Day meets Wolf of Wall Street, uh, about a time-traveling guy who tries to take down the stock market until the stock market tries to take him down. All right, so... Last week we tackled everything Oscars, so this week we wanted to kind of just pick it up where we left off a little bit, and it's a great segue into today's topic, which is the creative economy. So what is the creative economy? I'll tell you what the creative economy is in a second. First, Chris Rock's Oscar speech. It was the talk of the town. It was, I mean, it was huge. Instantaneous reaction, instantaneous uh, comments and good wishes, and just in general, boy, he took it to him. He took it to him, and he did, and he did. I can't, I can't lie. Chris Rock is one of my favorite comedians, and it was great. Two reactions I had. One, it was extremely hilarious looking at the audience shots whenever he made a joke that was on the boundaries of being racist itself. Not necessarily, you know, bad racist, just, you know, 
talking about race in general and seeing the celebrities. Am I supposed to laugh? Am I supposed to clap? You know, when he does the grandmother swinging from a tree joke and Matt Damon's laughing hysterically. It was really funny, by the way. I got to be honest with you. I thought it was a hilarious joke. Matt Damon's, you know, guffawing. Did the rest of the audience cringe? Are they, were they just hoping the camera wasn't going to go on them? Because are they allowed to laugh? Are they not allowed to laugh? Made for some entertaining uh, fun, that's for sure. Made for some entertaining television. The other reaction I had to it is that it, it, it's, it's a great segue into the new media, the new millennium, the internet age. Um, if I get up here and I tell you that the internet changed everything, um, we're not exactly breaking new ground here, right? Uh, I'm a Gen Xer, though, so I was able to kind of witness the transformation into this new media where I still remember dial-up. I still remember push phones, rotary phones. Um, so having that kind of background is actually a real great advantage in understanding today's technology. You have millennials. Uh, I don't love that term. Technically, I'm actually on the cusp. I was born in the 70s, but like two months until the 80s. So... I was actually able to, again, kind of be in that transition, but millennials, especially anyone born in the 2000s, anyone born early 2000s, late 90s, they don't understand that there was a world without cell phones. They don't even understand there was a world without broadband. They don't even know what broadband internet is. Broadband was introduced after dial-up, which you know gave you that e sound, which we won't uh, try to replicate here for all of our listeners. This is radio. We like to keep them, keep their ears glued in, not turn them off. But uh, everyone who has dial-up remembers dial-up. And what they were able to do, you know, what they were able to see is not something that we, as a, a you know, as a Gen Xer, you know, I'm able to kind of see both sides of this. They can't. Remember a time without internet. They can't remember a time. Broadband, again, there's no such thing as broadband anymore. It's just internet now. That's all it is. And that's all these, um, these uh, Gen Xers, or sorry, the millennials even know is just internet. So why am I talking about this? Well, one of the things that we noticed from Chris Rock's Oscar speech, that entire movement took place online. I mean, and he even joked about it. He said, you know, there were probably no black actors nominated in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. But they were kind of too busy actually protesting, getting hosed down down in Alabama, getting, uh, you know, doing the desegregation, the Jim Crow laws. I mean, we're talking about civil rights, you know, actual movements. And some, you know, some black commentators actually took uh, umbrage with him for saying that, saying that the protesting that they're doing right now is not good enough or is not legitimate enough. And they actually took Chris Rock to task for that. There's a Daily News columnist by the name of Sean King took him to task for that. I kind of disagree with Sean. I kind of see Chris Rock's point. We're talking about filmmaking, but we're also talking about equal opportunity. We're talking about diversity. We're talking about things that do matter. But in the grand scheme of things, I think Dr. Martin Luther King would be a little more worried about things that you know were going on in his time. I, I, I think we can give him the nod that his, um, you know, his uh, problems, you know, our first world problems are a lot different than uh, his third world problems back then when he was trying to, you know, be able to drink at the same fountain, you know, small little things like that, uh, not be completely, you know, dematerialized in our society. So Chris Rock's point, 100% true. The other thing about it, though, again, it took place completely online. 
um, Spike Lee and Jada Pinkett Smith, they started the trend by going online saying we're going to boycott the Oscars. But there was no picketers there. There was no rioters. There's no signs. There might have been some signs. Maybe they didn't show it on TV. But I got to be honest, if there was a huge actual physical movement at the Oscars, somebody would have videotaped it. Somebody would have photographed it. Somebody would have talked about it. There would have been a huge thing there was something going on in flint michigan instead there was a there was a a protest going on in flint michigan um a lot of black um actors and creators directors did get together but again they essentially took to what they call black twitter and they essentially went online to do an online protest this is an amazing thing this is this is just another example of how the internet has just completely changed everything in terms of how we even function, how we even protest. We protest through our media. We protest through our mediums. It's really, really something else, and it really makes for a fascinating discussion. So how does this segue into pop culture, aside from the fact that this took place at the Oscars? Well, I'll tell you how. The other beauty of this movement that's kind of happened, and I've, I've been able to see it, there are jobs today that have never been possible even 10 years ago. I mean, legitimate jobs. So on the list of jobs that I have, web developer, graphic design. Now, graphic design existed. It's existed forever. Um, we had computers and whatnot, but it was mostly in the print, in the print media. But obviously that changed to web and now mobile. Web developers, I mean, this is a job that coming out of college, I got into it because I had a comic book. I wanted to get my comic book on a website. I didn't want to have to rely on someone else to make my website. I taught myself how to code, taught myself how to do websites. Boom. I'm a web developer. 15 years later, I still do web development and pays the bills, and it's great. I'm on a radio show. I'm on a radio show that's broadcast around the globe, and I'm sitting here in New York City with my trusty engineer, Sam, I don't know, 45 minutes from where I am, and and to be able to reach masses of people I mean, amazing, right? We're able to reach a mass of people, and I barely had to drive, you know, 30 minutes to get down here, barely find some parking. I, I found some parking. It was tricky. Here's um, Keith Jeffrey from a band called Atlas Genius. You might remember them. They were on Grey's Anatomy. Their song blew up a few years ago, and uh, they had a hit song called Trojans. And here's uh, Keith Jeffrey describing how he and his band have made it big. Well, um, like I said, it's like probably a thousand times for the interviews. It was not something that we expected. It wasn't a song that people expected. That we expected people to hear. You know, it was a it was a labour of love that we did in that studio that we thought was cool, but we didn't expect anyone else was was going to hear it. You know, I played it for a few friends and and got a lukewarm reaction, which is kind of what you can always. Thank you, friends, for <laughs> and and so you know we put it up on, on a couple of websites and forgot about it. You know, and then it got picked up a month later by by the blog, you know, the older man. It spread like a wildfire. Put it up on a couple of websites and it spread like wildfire. Now they are playing sold-out shows at Bowery, at Webster Hall. They're opening for major acts. He literally put it up on a website. Just a throwaway song, something that they, you know, didn't even think too much about. And now all of a sudden they're playing huge clubs, arenas. They're, um, they have a huge push behind their second album. You can actually read the full Q&A um, on AM New York just if you search um, 
Atlas Genius, or if you search my name, Michael Dolce, Atlas Genius should come up. But it's incredible, right? I mean, we have bloggers, we have YouTube specialists, we have gamers who don't even game, they just comment on other gamers. That's a pretty incredible thing that exists and didn't ever, you know, didn't exist even 10, even five years ago. Now, obviously, look, this is a duh comment, but it's still something to kind of marvel. And what we want to do coming up is we got the boys from Bad Coyote Funky. Got my man Sergio jumping on, and uh, hopefully uh, his, uh, his boy Greg as well going to jump on. And we're going to talk about the gaming industry and how it has spawned Twitch.tv. And Twitch.tv has taken on a life of its own. So I want to get some insight into the gaming world, which I know nothing about. I know Mario Brothers. I know Zelda. I know Final Fantasy. But, I mean, we're talking about 8-bit, 16-bit. I barely climbed into the PlayStation world. Uh, too busy to do that. So we're going to be uh, joining, or we're going to be joined by Sergio from Bad Coyote Funky. And we're going to break down how you can get some of these jobs and how these kind of jobs kind of materialized. So when we return, Secrets of the Sire. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And And welcome welcome to to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun for you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business and your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21stCE Radio or Talk Alternative. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back. Secrets of the Sire, TalkingAlternative.com. We've uh, liberated the Periscope peeps. Something we're doing over here. Always experimenting with the new media. It's a great example of, what, of how we're always trying to reach new people. We're streaming live on YouNow.com slash Michael underscore Dolce, D-O-L-C-E. We're also live on Periscope. Um, and uh, what we had been doing was streaming the show through Periscope, but we're actually going to free that um, and put it through the YouNow link instead. So this way, Periscope peeps, be I would love to hear your comments. So please log on, join the uh, conversation. You can also always join the conversation by going to, to TalkingAlternative.com broadcasting. Phone number 877-480-4120. I want to welcome my guest, Sergio Renwick from BadCoyoteFunky.com. Sergio, you there? Oh, we're maybe not. I don't know. Maybe we lost him. Well, oh, Greg, we have Greg as well. Okay, I'm here. I hey. didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> there we go. No, there we go. I could do my Sergio impression if you want. Well, and we can just like have a uh, close facsimile. 
All right, well that, that'll work. That'll work just as well. Um, Greg, welcome, uh, welcome aboard. TalkingAlternative.com. Um, glad to have you. Now, one of the things that we're talking about is the creative economy, and one of the things mm-hmm. that we're really talking about, which fascinates me to no end, which is something I didn't even know about until about I don't know about six months, maybe a year ago, was the gaming world. I knew about competitive gaming. Um, there's a competitive gaming world where people are actually sponsoring these people and, and doing competitive gaming, and it's awesome. But the commentating, commentating the gaming commentating, uh, can you talk a little bit about that and how, how that kind of came to be? Yeah, sure. I think a lot of it, uh, in all honestly, stemmed out of uh, a lot of people. Uh, gaming for me has always been like a community uh, event. It's always been, you know, when you're in college or whether you're way back in the day with the kids on the street, um, you watch everyone play. And I think that's what Twitch kind of gives us is, Hey, how does this, what is this game? It's new. It's $60. I can't invest in that. What's it like? And from there, it's these conversations grow and these relationships and these friendships really grow out of that. Um, and I, I see that a lot on smaller streamers. Uh, so a couple of the guys that I subscribe to, there's only like four or five people in there, but you get this really in-depth conversation, which I think is, part of the social media aspect of, of Twitch and YouTube streaming and stuff like that. So a couple things for the audience. Twitch.tv, mm-hmm. what is it? And when you say you subscribe, what does that mean? So I say subscribe, I meant follow. Uh, two different vernaculars. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> essentially, Twitch.tv is a live streaming site where anyone with the technolo- technological means to do so can broadcast what they're playing free for the Internet to see. So if you have a PlayStation 4 or Xbox One, that actually has built-in Twitch functionality. So all you have to do on Xbox is say Xbox Xbox broadcast, and it'll bring you through it. And on the PlayStation, all you do is hit the share button, and you can choose which site and which medium you share to. We got uh, Sergio on the line as well, too, now. Hey, how's it going, Mike? How's it going, Greg? Yeah, All right, there we go. Sergio, i got a question for you. Now, if you've been following along, we just kind of talked about Twitch.tv and subscribers and followers and, uh, and the new creative economy. Sergio, why, why, if I'm, why am I following people? Why am I, what am I getting out of this? Um, I mean, I guess there's entertainment value, but d- describe the entertainment value of, of following people, watching, you know, watching people play video games, watching people comment on people playing video games what's the entertainment value that blows my mind <laughs> and that's the interesting thing now because this is all like a brand new frontier and a new medium and uh i think um the, the younger generation has a handle on on what's going on see you are like, you are the younger generation wait a minute you are the, what are we talking about here go ahead no sorry <laughs> no i'm not dating it's funny you know not not doing that i'm just saying that uh, uh you know like so so television used to be the main form of media tv and movies like my dad used to go to the movies all the time you know they didn't have a tv in their house back in the day that was the main form of entertainment so he would always go see the latest thing the newest thing and uh when television came out and his family got one that was the main thing so mm-hmm. now what you have is uh you have a new medium in which you can specifically watch the things that you want to watch there are shows on on tv that target video games that target people People talking about video games, but what you get out of uh, something like Twitch.tv is, is an experience. 
And what I mean by that is, uh, let, let's say you're you're really into football, you're really into the NFL. What if you had like a live streaming service where not only are you watching your games, but you're interacting with millions of fans all over the United States and all over the world because it's not just in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you you build a community, you, you build friends, and uh, the person who is broadcasting is somebody who comes on every night at like eight, 8 o'clock p.m. and you get to know this person, and you get to feel like they're your friend, and you're talking about your favorite team. You're talking yeah. About all the stories, all the stats. It's a it's a community, you know. So um, you know, there there are certain people on Twitch who who are dads, and that's their outlet. You know, they <laughs> they go to work from nine to five, you know you know they go to work from nine to five, and then at eight o'clock nine o'clock at night they stream on Twitch, and they can just get into what they're into. You know, playing a certain game, talking to their community. It's um it's like a new form of uh, entertainment addiction, if you will. I I think that's actually a great term that you just used, the addiction term, because. I opened the show by talking about Chris Rock and the Oscar speech that he did and, and how great it was, but A, it was an online movement completely. I mean, it was a complete, not only was it a complete online movement, it was a complete online commentating of the movement, and then it was, it was great, you know, applaud, yeah, 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 and now five minutes, you know, <laughs> five minutes later, it's over. I mean, to be honest with you, we haven't even, you know, m- the Monday morning after the Oscars, we talked about Chris Rock, we talked about the diversity issue, we talked about Oscars So White, and now... We've moved on to the next thing. So when you actually bring up the the community aspect, what I'm picturing is the short attention span that's out there. And it's it's interesting, right? I mean, there are people that, you know, they live stream the TV shows that they're watching so they can talk while they're watching. To me, you know, I'm actually st- – obviously, look, I'm not that old. And let's, let's, you know, let's not, let's not, let's, not, let's not brand me as too old. But at the same time, the, the attention span seems to be getting shorter and shorter and shorter now – I mean, we're not going to comment on whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I do find it really fascinating that our lack of attention span has now opened up new venues for making money. So what other you know, venues can you guys talk about in terms of the gaming world where you kind of sit back and go, holy cow, I can't believe they're making a living off that? I would say uh, uh, YouTube. I mean, I mean, YouTube wasn't a thing. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that YouTube just did not exist, and people forget about this because we're so it's so commonplace now. You know, if you want to if you want to learn about you know how to do something yourself, you go on YouTube. You want entertainment, you go on YouTube. If you want an instructional, you can go on YouTube. But um, yeah, so so the other the other side of uh, Twitch broadcasting, you have YouTube broadcasting. So mm-hmm. you can broadcast broadcast live on YouTube, but you can also have people that broadcast gaming. And uh, I think what was it uh, like? Like uh, uh, South Park, who did uh, oh, yeah. a funny commentary? Yeah, yeah. The episode with Cartman, he was uh, a commentator, but then he started commenting on games. He started commenting on people commentating on games. And the thing about that is, uh, commentating on games, it, it the commentator tells you things that that they know. And uh, you know, so being a game commentator, not necessarily playing the game, but commentating on it is also uh, a new venture that you can make money from. So, for example, uh, the game Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a fighting game. It's, it's known you know, heavily in Japan. You know, it has a huge following in America and all over the world. Now, there are guys who don't play, but they make really good money just broadcasting it yeah. for tournaments. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the, big, uh, the, the, the biggest uh, fighting game tournament um, in the world is called Evolution Evo, and that's always out in Las Vegas uh, once a year. And there are guys who don't play, but they're very good at commentating and pointing out things. They know the, te- the technical stuff in the game. Yeah. So, you know, uh, so, so again, let's go back to a, a sports broadcaster. So let's go back to the NFL. Let's say there's a guy who's, he's ne- he's never played football, but he understands it. 
you know, and you want to you want to get that voice and that guy who understands the technique, he understands the tactics. You get him to talk about the game. People tune in, people listen, people are like, oh wow, yeah, okay. Yeah. But imagine having that every day. And yeah. that's that's where we're at right now. And uh, yeah, that's the new venue. So people who broadcast uh, about these subjects who don't necessarily do it, you know, like a guy who's commentating on, on basketball, guy doesn't play, but he knows everything about it. Yeah, Greg, uh, you guys uh, broadcast Bad Coyote Funky. The nerd podcast on Twitch.tv. Um, you were talking to me about Twitch.tv. Talk to me about the evolution of Twitch because I know it started out as a gaming uh, website, but now it's kind of moved into something even more broader where you guys are, are literally just launching your podcast and you guys, well, not, not, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. You've launched your podcast, you're streaming your podcast on that, uh, on that uh, website. Yeah, so uh, the evolution of Twitch has been like, Really insane. Like you were saying before, it was pretty much only games. And I remember going to uh, the Penny Arcade Expo one of my first or second times and people like not really knowing about it. And like even like asking me, I was just like hanging out be like, oh, are you a Twitch? And I'm like, no, what the, the heck is what's a, what's a Twitch? And then you kind of figure it out through that way. What I really like about it now is it's really giving different venues, different creators, uh, people who don't want to just comment on their content that they did not create, mm-hmm. but content that they're creating. So like us with our podcast, or even um, I have a, a background in indie game development. I do 3D art assets and stuff like that for, for certain select games. So a lot of people now are, as they're making their game, broadcasting that on Twitch. So you get like the inside scoop you can hear, like Sergio was saying, that commentary of like, oh, you know, like you know, you're programming in Unreal and the difficulties with that or the successes with that. Or even um, I was watching a channel the other day on the uh, creative network that they have now where he was just doing a warm-up sketch. It was a, a concept artist just working on some art for a yeah. game that he's, he's doing. And you could just sit there and listen to the music he's listening to, watch him draw, hear what he has to say, and, you know, maybe give feedback on the on the work in progress, you know, isn't it's, it's that a little creepy? Really become not just about <laughs> commenting on content, but creating content. No, well. no, it's, it's, it's not. I don't, I don't think so. There's um, there's a channel on Twitch uh, uh, called Twin Galaxies, and uh, Stan Lee goes there every so often, and and it's cool too because it, it's a direct way to talk to your audience. I mean, when a lot of people use Twitter. I mean, I use Twitter. Mike uses Twitter. Greg uses Twitter, and uh, you know, we have people who talk to us, like message us, or just send us a tweet. But imagine if you can speak directly to them on your own to set up your own thing and, uh, you know, just go from there. Like, I have a buddy who's an audio engineer in Atlanta, and he works with uh, certain hip-hop artists. And what he's doing now, he's broadcasting live on Twitch, and people ask him about audio engineering, like, hey, uh, what kind of mixer should I get? Should I do this or that? And then he can sit there and do it for hours, and then people, they can't get that from normal, like, television. But at the same time, they can, yeah. they can watch him do stuff uh, at the same time giving his expert advice. It's really incredible too, uh, Greg. You mentioned that you do some uh, some three three D art for video games. Do you do that from home? Is that something? And how did you get into that? Yeah, so I do that. Uh, yeah, freelance from home essentially. My my home office, which I'm sitting in right now. Um, but yeah, it's essentially. Uh, I got into it. I have always loved video games growing up. I've always loved comic books growing up. And my my family isn't really technologically savvy. So my when I was up, I was like, oh, I want to be a comic book artist. So I did all that stuff. And then once I hit college and then I met up with Sergio and all them and they had like all the latest and greatest games and all that stuff. I was like, whoa. And, you know, really get into Photoshop. And it was a small evolution. So finally, I went into a uh, intensive one year 3D animation program that was uh, here in Massachusetts. 
and I just picked it up right away. It was great, and I got a job right out of the get-go, and I've been kind of jumping from um, just just independent contract to independent contract through there. Um, one of the games that I had a small hand in is actually uh, out right now, and it's great. It's just getting a lot of positive feedback and a lot of uh, it's a lot of fun. So, and a lot of that, like I never streamed my content from there because I had a, an NDA, but I see it a lot now. Just people just mm-hmm. like working on their games on Twitch, which is awesome if they're not you know bound by legal restrictions. It's it's incredible. I actually bring my office with me everywhere. I have offices everywhere. The yeah. Starbucks on 72nd Street, the Starbucks in Nyack, <laughs> New York, the Starbucks. I mean, it's it's incredible. I have a laptop and I have my entire office with me. I have everything I need to work on any kind of web development, any kind of comic book project, any kind of script. Yeah, it's, it's really incredible. When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation, but we're also going to introduce our March Madness Final Four movie franchise, Final Four, where we break down the top four Movie franchises. I have got some rules. I've got some regulations. And then uh, the boys from Bad Coyote, Funky, and I are going to break down and rank our top four in each of the following film categories. Batman, Spider-Man, Superman, and X-Men. When we return. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. Are you looking for a show where people talk about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Well, then you have come to the right place because The Rob and Callie Show is doing just that. For the last 10 years, Rob and I have been having our own version of Sunday morning therapy sessions on the phone. And now we're bringing it to the radio. So tune in and call in live Wednesdays, 8 to 8.30 on talkradio.myc. And that's Eastern Standard Time. So join us. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire on TalkingAlternative.com. Talking about new media, new creative economy with uh, the folks from Bad Coyote Funky, Sergio Renwick. And we also have, which I will have, it's Greg, and I will get your last name at some point here. (laughs) Greg Matisoff. Look at this. I am actually juggling five different mediums at once. We've got Periscope live streaming. We've got you now. We've got YouTube. I'm posting to the Secrets of the Sire Facebook page, the Twitter page. So I am a victim. Nailing it. Yeah. Nailing it out there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm definitely nailing it. There's no question. Yeah. It's, uh, I am a, a, a great representative. Really funny, though, how um, you guys mentioned um, the different jobs that you guys have and, it's, and, and you know myself as well, how I can take my my laptop with me anywhere I go, and I, I'm working. And uh, there's good and bad to that. Uh, we don't have the time, or we don't, well, we maybe have the time, but we're not going to have the time today to go into that. Instead, I wanted to do two things. One, I wanted to preview uh, the Bad Coyote Funky Secrets of the Sire team-up, 
It's happening March 24th and 25th. We live in the comic book world. Team-ups are everywhere. Crossovers, they're awesome. So March 24th, I will be joining the Bad Coyote Funky people. We're going to be going and talking about the Superman-Batman movie, which comes out, um, which looks awesome. The trailer looks awesome. Um, but the trailer also gives away way too much information. We're going to be talking about that on Secrets of the Sire the very next day, 11 a.m. Eastern. So I uh, want to just uh, thank you guys for doing the team up. Uh, love your work, and, and it's great to, uh, great to have you guys on it. And that was yeah, your segue, yeah, great, great that, that was your segue to say something. See, we're we're professionals here. We're doing a great job. <laughs> that's, that's industry term for segue. No. Um, all right. We're going to do something really fun, and uh, I will point to uh, you guys individually to, to jump in. We're going to be doing our comic book movie, March Madness. I love March Madness. I love the brackets. So decided to do a little uh, bracket-style game with the four major film franchises. Now, the four major film franchises, what makes it a major film franchise? There's two rules to it, and you can actually read the blog, and you would get the rules, but the rules are this. It has to have had a number of different, uh, you know, the most total number of films out there for each comic book franchise, right? That's the first one. Second rule, no, no spinoffs. So, sorry Deadpool fans, sorry... You know, Iron Man and Thor and Captain America. There's if we're going to categorize it as an Avengers movie, it would be Avengers one and Avengers two. It's only two movies. If we're going to do it as a Captain America, you know, franchise, it's two films. It's not Avengers plus seven. So that was the that was the <laughs> other, uh, you know, kind of prerequisite. And then the last prerequisite to really narrow it down because we don't want to go too crazy is we. I, I want to have a franchise, a comic book franchise that's already had a reboot. So I came down with four um, categories, which is the Batman films, which was Tim Burton, Christopher Nolan, and uh, Joel Schumacher. <laughs> Superman, Superman film franchises, uh, Richard Donner, Zack Snyder, uh, Brian Singer, uh, those other guys um, <laughs> for Superman <laughs> three and four. Yeah, that, we're just gonna. That will not be named. They <laughs> shall not be named. <laughs> Spider-Man, we got Sam Raimi and Mark Webb, those versions, um, and the X-Men films. Now, again, the X-Men films, we're not counting Deadpool, we're not counting Wolverine Origins, not that we would count Wolverine Origins because it was god-awful, <laughs> but we're no not. No real fan would count Wolverine Origins. Exactly, no. exactly. What, what's Wolverine Origins? Oh, it's god-awful. See, we don't even need to waste no, airtime on it, but uh, <laughs> the, the pave... Just joined us on Periscope. We welcome all the Periscope feedback as well, too. Um, we're going to do it with uh, the guys from Bad Cowdy Funky, and then in the next segment, the last segment, we're going to actually uh, rank them as well with the Periscope peeps. So I appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, okay, so this is what we're doing. We're going to be ranking the four films. We're going to start with the Batman um, franchise. Uh, Greg, give me from your top to bottom your favorite Batman movie, um, and go down the list and why you kind of put them in that order. Okay, uh, for me, favorite Batman movie, number one is going to be uh, The Dark Knight. Um, after, I, it's, it's just like all the Nolans, just like Dark Knight, uh, Dark Knight Rises, and then Batman Begins. Um, and then actually the Burton is, is number four, the first Burton movie for me. Really? Really? You put yeah. it that far down on the list? Well, I mean, like you thought, think about all the Batmans on there. And like I love the Burton one. In all honesty, but the Nolan one really captured the the grittiness uh, for me that I wanted in a Batman film at that point. And sure, some of it might be kind of looking back at nostalgia, um, 
And Jack Nicholson was a great Joker, and you know Heath Ledger was a great Joker too. But they were never really the Joker that I knew. But they were great renditions of it. Okay. Jack Nicholson being himself in <laughs> uh, clown makeup, and um, you know Heath Ledger's being this psychotic person. But for me, in all honesty, like it's tough between three and four between uh, Batman Begins and Batman mm-hmm. because they're so neck and neck. Uh, but like, you know, Liam Neeson kind of brings it over in the edge. But then you also have Jack Nicholson. But then Alfred was, you know, they're really on par with Michael Caine. And I can't remember the other actor's name right now, but their renditions are both pretty on par. So it's it's that order, but it's like neck and neck for three and four for me. Here, here's my here's my question for you, and here's my ranking. I would actually put Tim Burton's Batman in the top four. No question. I think we're all in agreement yeah. to that. Batman Begins is the, uh, the one that, I find the most interesting because I feel like they were afraid to make a comic book movie back then in 2005, and they didn't make a comic Mm. book movie. They made a guy who, it's a coming-of-age story, it's a martial arts story, and oh, by the way, he happens to be Batman. I might give a vote to the Riddler, Jim Carrey, creeping in the top four. Sergio, do you think... We should, in the top four at all, have that movie in consideration. And what's your top four? Maybe maybe you guys are in completely unanimous. I'm the odd man out, and we move along with that top four instead. Sergio, what do you think? Funny, funny enough, because uh, on, on our podcast, we disagree and agree on so many different things. I personally love Jim Carrey, and I want to meet him uh, at some point in my life. So I would put... Batman forever up there. I don't know a lot of people are going to put some hate on me, but I like the Tim Burton Batmans because they're very whimsical. They're very comic booky. You know, I, I do like Batman Returns and Nicole Kidman was phenomenal as Catwoman as opposed to that other movie. Wait, 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 wait. Michelle movie. Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, <laughs> Nicole Kidman was hot in Batman Forever. I want to do The Dark Knight Rises with Tom Hardy as Bane, and I and loved that whole story. To me, that's where Nolan really got it right because Batman Begins was okay. It didn't feel like a character of Batman. Gotham had the right tone. Uh, Alfred had the right tone. The other characters had the right tone, except for Batman. And Batman Forever, I really... God, I'm talking about Batman Forever. And Batman Forever, the villains were very comical. Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face was incredible. That's how... I, I pictured him. That's how I pictured the Riddler, the Riddler coming to life because I grew up on on the cartoons. I grew up on actually the uh, the sixties and seventies versions of Batman because that's what, not to date myself or anybody else, that's what my parents were into. And I really <laughs> fell in love with Batman watching those. You know, you had Eartha Kitt as Catwoman and everything. And uh, yeah, so I would go Dark Knight Rises. Then I would say uh, the Dark Knight. Then Batman Returns, and then Batman Forever. Wow. Okay. See, Dark Knight Rises. I actually I liked it, didn't love it, and I thought I have a friend of mine who actually uh, definitely would argue to no end that the plot made absolutely no sense. But for the purposes of our discussion, I think we could all agree, Dark Knight. Yes. We'll give a thumbs up yeah. for both yeah. everyone. All right. Oh, so absolutely. Yeah. And I think everyone can agree the first Batman. Yes. Oh yeah. First Batman, Tim Burton. Yeah, that, uh, talk about Tim Burton. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. I okay. Mean, that, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's the groundwork for, for everything. I mean, the, the musical score of Batman, you know, love, like uh, the Batmobile, Batman coming to life. I mean, it's just so iconic that everybody who sees that knows instantly what it is. Okay. And then, I'm, and then we both said Dark Knight Rises, correct? Yes. All right. So we're going to give those three. I'm going to go with the deciding vote, and I'm going to go Batman forever because it's my show. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just point out, no one had any love for Batman and Robin. I mean, come on. No, 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 no. You had no. the one-liners from Arnold Schwarzenegger. No. That were George bad. Clooney. Come on, everyone. No love for Batman and Robin. No. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I think you're talking about that, too. A lot of, uh, a lot of love for almost killing it. Thank you. A lot of love yeah. for almost killing the uh, the comic book movie franchises. That's the only love they get from that. All right. We're going to move on to the next one. We, we narrowed it down to four. Um, after the show is over, I'm going to launch a Twitter poll, and we're going to start with Batman, and we're going to let the uh, viewers and listeners decide which Batman film between those four should move on into the final four. Um, going over into the Superman films... Greg, what do we got? Rank rank them as uh, top to bottom. You can even throw in Superman three. That's okay. Don't dare say Superman four because you know then I'm going to disconnect you from the line. Go ahead. Well then, I'm just going to get disconnected. No, just kidding. Um, so for me, uh, Christopher Reeve Superman, uh, all the way number one. Mm-hmm. And the down. original or Superman uh, two? Uh, the original. Okay. I really love that one. Um, then it's going to go Superman two. Then it's going to go. Um, Man of Steel. Okay. Which I thought was a bold way to interpret Superman. Sure. And the casting was good. Like, I loved um, Kevin Costner as Jonathan Kent. Uh-huh. I thought he had the look and the feel. Um, a shame what happens to him. And <laughs> you have that Booster Gold little vague little uh, sure. Easter egg in there. So, you know, what's not to love about that? Um, I don't know what I do for number four. I don't even think I have a number four. So I want to say Batman v Superman. No, we can't say it. We can't say it. We don't know yet. I mean, most likely it will be that it'll be there. Most likely it will be there, but uh, we can't say because it hasn't come out yet. Uh, Sergio, have you? What do you think of Superman three, Superman four, and the Brandon Routh Superman reboot? No, it's not that. Uh, let's see here. Man, I actually didn't want to talk about any of them. (laughs) 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 I mean, mentioned uh, you can pass. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned we mentioned Superman too. That's that's one of my my favorites. I mean, I love the character of General Zod and uh, and his lieutenants and and the, the whole story and putting them back into the Phantom Zone and uh, it was just great. Which was which was a Superman where he had to fly around the world a couple of kids. Like I'm, I'm mainly a fan. I think he did it in like both. Um, he did it in both yeah, one he, and he, two. He, I know he definitely did it in one because he had to save yeah, Lois Lane. And then it depends on which cut of Superman 2 you, you uh, watch because there's the director's cut that came out um, from Richard Donner. Richard Donner actually didn't get to finish the film. Um, somebody else actually had to finish it. Or he finished he finished all the filming, but somebody else edited it together. He had uh, um, They had released that on DVD a few years ago, the Richard Donner cut. And it had him going back in time again on the second, on the second one. So. so he did it in both. I didn't know that. Look at me. I'm, yeah, I'm full of useless knowledge here. See? This is great. <laughs> all right. So this well, is what man. we're going to do with Superman. We're going to leave that category, the last one open. We all agree the first two, Superman 1 and 2 yeah. and Christopher Reeve. Oh, we absolutely. definitely agree Man of Steel should be part of the conversation. Oh, yeah. And then absolutely. we're going to leave that fourth one open. We're going to let the Periscope peeps maybe decide. If not, I'll be the definitive one. We can eliminate Superman 4 because it was terrible. We're going to say oh, Superman 3. Superman 3 was kind of cool with Richard Pryor, gave me nightmares, and the Brandon Ruth one I thought was a valiant effort on Brian Singer's part, even though it didn't quite hit it, but, so we'll leave those two. Uh, can you guys stick around for one more segment? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Good, because we got two more to go. So, when we come back, we're going to finish off the Spider-Man and the X-Men. Uh, we have one spot available for Superman in this Final Four extravaganza, and we're going to lean on our Periscope peeps to help us capture that. Secrets of the Sire, when we return.
You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and storytelling? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your brand new radio host on talkradio.nyc. I've been professionally writing and drawing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for over 15 years. Catch my new show, Secrets of the Sire, Fridays at 11 a.m. and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com right now. TalkingAlternative.com Welcome back, Secrets of the Sire. We are live on TalkingAlternative.com every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern. You can catch our podcast recap on iTunes every Monday. You can join the conversation anytime, any conversation we're, we're talking about at 877-480-4120. Go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. Like our Facebook page, Secrets of the Sire, S-I-R-E. Find me on Twitter, and Periscope, and you now, Michael underscore Dolce, Instagram, mdolce64, and for all the other fun stuff that I do, comics and uh, drawing and writing and all that fun stuff, books I've published, mikebooks.com. want to welcome the uh, boys from Bad Coyote Funky. We're going to be doing a two-part... Hey. Yeah, we're going to be doing a two-part podcast slash radio broadcast, March 24th and 25th. We're going to be talking about Superman versus Batman, but we want to jump right back in. We're doing our March Madness comic book movie film franchise final four uh where we rank the top four film franchises batman superman spider-man and x-men and pit them against each other in a bracket style and what we're doing tonight or today it's not tonight yet uh, it's happy hour in my mind all the time um we are actually uh doing a breakdown of the top four in each of those franchises batman superman spider-man x-men and then each week we're going to be doing a poll on my Twitter page and let the uh, audience decide which one should advance out of that bracket. We're going to have the DC uh, films face off against each other in a few weeks and the Marvel ones. And then we're going to put the Marvel versus DC in the last week of April to coincide with the final game of the Final Four. So, Greg, Sergio, welcome back. We're going through Spider-Man now. We have only two directors, Mark Webb, Sam Raimi. Um, I have my own thoughts on the Spider-Man franchise. I think that it never quite, it never quite did, it never quite felt exactly like Spider-Man to me. Either attempts, both were valiant attempts. Rank them, Sergio. We'll start with you this time. Where do you rank your Spider-Man films in in order? And uh, I agree with you on that point that it never fully captured Spider-Man because to me, uh, growing up in the '90s, I, I was uh, I was a huge fan of the animated series, and it seems as if oh, the comic yeah. book writers and the production crew really, really got a jump pack there. I do like uh, I do like Sam Raimi's version 
of the first Spider-Man. So I have to say the first Spider-Man. And, and that could be because it was just the first time we saw him in a big Hollywood budget movie like that. And even uh, Stanley himself said he liked it um, just because he got to see his character fly around and zip around New York and said it was the coolest thing. I wonder if we interview him now what he would say. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'll definitely <laughs> going to say uh, Spider-Man 1. And then, uh, oh, man, I do like um, uh, the Spider-Man with, with uh, Dr. Octopus. Like, that was... Mm -hmm. that, that was it wasn't the best plot, and it wasn't the best story, but um, his origin story and the way they handled Doc Ock, I think, was 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 really great. It was, can we all agree that J.K. Simmons should just be <laughs> yes. should be in every yes. rendition of Spider-Man? I, I I don't care for continuity. We just have J.K. Simmons be J. Jonah Jameson. I agree. And he is J. Jonah Jameson. I agree. So yeah, getting so into your three and four, uh, then I want to say actually the first, uh, the the amazing Spider-Man. Okay, I think I think uh, um, uh, James Garfield, <clears throat> excuse me, I mean Andrew Garfield uh, did a really good job playing Peter Parker. He was uh, he was nerdy. He was you know like uh, uh, not, not sure of himself. But when it came time down to be Spider-Man, I think Tobey Maguire did a better job at being Spider-Man than uh, Andrew Garfield. So if you did like a weird mixture, have Andrew Garfield be Peter Parker, then change into Toby <laughs> for the Spider-Man. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, after I that, that, I would rate, uh, then go into uh, Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 3 never happened. Never really? Okay. <laughs> All right. Happened. Okay. Spider-Man 3, The Mask? That's <laughs> the Mask, yes, pretty much. <laughs> oh man! I mean, you know, don't, don't we all have seen Peter Parker as, as an emo kid? <laughs> it, it, isn't, that, isn't that what every fan asked for? For that to be written in there? That he so are you? Are you saying that Mary Jane? Are you oh, saying God. Amazing Spider-Man two over Spider-Man three? Yes. Okay, that's because that the honestly, it's, one, it's, it, it, it's funny going through this uh, when I was writing the blog and putting this together. I figured there was, there was always those easy ones to get, and it was always that third and fourth one that are always going to be tricky. Uh, Greg, what are your thoughts? I think we can all agree. Now, I actually like Spider-Man 2 uh, with Doc Ock better than 1, but 1 was great yeah, also. Um, yeah. I, you know, this is a tricky one. Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. I thought 1 was unnecessary, and I thought 2 was possibly better than 1, and I don't know if I would put Spider-Man 3 in there. What do you What do you think for those last two slots? So yeah, so um, really quickly too, just I agree with Serge, but flip it where I think Andrew Garfield had the better Spider-Man and mm -hmm. Tobey Maguire had the better Peter Parker. Mm -hmm. uh, mm. Just because yeah, I found that Andrew Garfield was a better was better at quipping, like I like yeah. my Spider-Man to do, and better at being on his toes. Uh, I would say to go three and four. Um, I'm with you. Amazing Spider-Man two, and then Amazing Spider-Man one. Okay, I, I think would go. Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 1, so literally 2-1-2-1. Two, one, two, one. Okay. Oh, my list goes. Okay, so I think I'm in agreement with that too, actually. that's I, I think we all hated Spider-Man 3 and wish it never existed. <laughs> or, to be honest with you, Sam Raimi wanted to do Sandman and they forced Venom in there, and that actually that actually was the problem. I actually know the uh, storyboard artist who worked on that film, and he was going to be the art director for Spider-Man 4, and Sam Raimi was basically saying, I want Sandman to be my, my villain, and the studio was like, we want Venom because Venom is more popular with the kids. Put him in there. That being said, my one takeaway from Spider-Man 3, Topher Grace actually rocked the character of Venom. I thought he was great. And it's too bad that Sam Raimi clearly didn't like the character and didn't give him the proper, 
you know, send off or time. And I think that was a yeah. that's a big thing. So, all right, we're going to move on because we're running short on time, which is awesome. That means we have a jam-packed show, which we do every week, but this one most especially. Uh, the X-Men film franchise, we've got the Brian Singer versions, one and two. We've got the Brett Ratner X-Men last stand. Uh, <laughs> Not to influence, not to influence the audience or influence you guys in any way, shape, or form. But don't include that film at all. Um, X Men First Class, and uh, and then we have Days of Future Past. We have Apocalypse coming out, but again, it falls under the same criteria as Superman and Batman. We haven't seen it yet. Um, it will probably be awesome. It'll probably be one of the best ones, but we can't include it in this particular bracket. Uh, Greg, finish us off. X Men rank them top four. Cool. So I have X Two as my number one. Love that movie. It was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't watched it in a while, but I remember, like, I, I worked at the movies at that time, so I saw it, like, 20 bajillion times, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it was great. I loved every second of it. Pyro, fantastic. Uh, after that, I would probably have, uh, I want to say, First Class, because okay. it brought back X-Men after, you know. The, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then I would have um, Days of Future Past, and then X-Men 1. Okay. Uh, Sergio, do you agree with that listing? No, it's interesting that you put X2, X-Men United as, as your number one. I mean, I the only thing I liked about that was the beginning where uh, the Nightcrawler was uh, going through the, the White House and everything. But other than that, I really mm-hmm. didn't think the story was strong as, say, my number one, which is uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. Mm, okay. uh, I mean... To, to, to me, I mean, uh, of course, it's coming after a long line of X Men movies, so you could say, well, you know, they've had time to perfect it and everything, and uh, you know, and but Brian Singer had time to perfect his craft because you know he's the, the, the best director to do X Men, but maybe not the best director. I'd like to see maybe Ridley Scott take on X Men. You know, I, I I love his movies, and uh, it'd be cool to see his take on it. Um, Ridley Scott, director of the Gladiator, Prometheus, Alien. Uh, so I want to say uh, uh, X-Men Days of Future Past as my number one, then X2 as my number two because okay. of the Nightcrawler scene alone. And then I want to say uh, X-Men uh, First Class, which was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Except I don't, I don't like the whole thing where Magneto kind of deflects the bullet and throws into Charles' back. It's like I would love to be in, in, in the boardrooms where these things are decided. It's like, and then he deflects the bullet and it goes to do his Really, give this man millions of dollars. And I, I mean, I, I, <laughs> give him a promotion. Uh, exactly. Like, Hollywood needs to get a whole like group of nerds just, just you know, go, go down to a Comic Con, put us into a truck, like, ship us off to, you know, wherever they make these meetings and have us sit there, you know, kind of like a courtroom. You know, and say, okay, what all do you say about this decision? And we say, nay. Right, <laughs> we won't put that in there. That's what we really need to do. Oh, in the future past, X2, first class, and then I want to say the first X-Men just because of, uh, you know. But well, it's, it's not It's not X3. Live action, <laughs> Hollywood films. And uh, also for uh, Mystique. I mean, yeah. can't, uh, ever, yeah. can't go wrong with her either. The version of, of Mystique, this whole Jennifer Lawrence thing is uh, getting out of hand. I, yeah. I don't disagree with that. So, I mean, X-Men, we're pretty much set with. We have X2, First Class, Days of Future Past, and the original X-Men. Uh, Spider-Man, we have the first, the second. We have Amazing Spider-Man 2, Amazing Spider-Man 1. Batman, we're going to go Dark Knight, Tim Burton's original first one. Um, Dark Knight Return, uh, sorry, not, uh, Dark Knight Forever, whatever, the Bane one. And then I put in Batman Forever. The Superman one, we kind of left it up to the Periscope peeps. I'm going to leave that up there. I'm going to let some folks decide. But I want to thank you guys, because we're actually running right up against the clock here, for joining... Um, 
Secrets of the Sire today and helping me break down the uh, the new creative economy and for breaking down this really cool March Madness uh, bracket that we're, we're doing here. So March 24th and 25th, catch me on badcoyotefunky.com uh, with them and then catch them back here on the 25th. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. been great. All right. Guys, thank you so much. Um, audience, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, you can go to the Secrets of the Sire Facebook page. Just search Secrets of the Sire, S-I-R-E. Like us on Facebook. You get updates. Uh, go to my Twitter account in about uh, about six minutes, and the first of the poll questions will be up there, which is allowing you to rank your favorite Batman film, and we broke it down to Dark Knight, Tim Burton's Batman, uh, the one with Bane, and the one with Jim Carrey, Batman Forever. Um, find me on Periscope anytime, Michael underscore Dolce. Find me on Twitter at the same handle. Dolce is spelled D-O-L-C-E. What a, sh- what a show today, Sam. Jam-packed here. Absolutely jam-packed. Next week, we welcome Ralph Tedesco, founder of Zenoscope Comics, or co-founder. Uh, he takes us from comics to film and sheds insights into all the cool projects he's got going on in Hollywood. Basically, uh, gets you lift you, lift the veil of how what it takes to get a comic book optioned and turned into a TV or movie for your guys' enjoyment. Thank you so much, Secrets of the Sire. Signing off. <laughs> You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and storytelling? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your brand new radio host on talkradio.nyc. I've been professionally writing and drawing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for over 15 years. Catch my new show, Secrets of the Sire, Fridays at 11 a.m. and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com right now. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And And welcome welcome to to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21st CE Radio or Talk Alternative. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you on a path of consciousness or spirit? Is personal or spiritual empowerment important to you? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant, and I am here to answer your questions and bring you experts in all areas of life to raise your awareness and support you in your evolution. 
Tune in at my new time, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on www.talkradio.nyc. That's Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 